Arizona Sports is proud to present the Uprising Podcast. Uprising Podcast. Hello and welcome into the Uprising Podcast, a podcast about Phoenix Rising Football Club. I am your host, Jake Anderson. Today, my guest is Phoenix Rising center back Joey Farrell. Joey is one of the longest tenured players on the club, along the likes of Solomon Asante, Kevon Lambert, and Zach Lubin, who have all been with Phoenix since 2018 at the latest. Something I didn't know about Joey until his impressive attacking performance against Los Dos in the regular season finale is that he actually used to be a forward in college at LaSalle in Philadelphia, where he was actually coached by his dad. Farrell's journey in his third season with the Rising is a compelling one, with the likes of Tristan Blackman from the MLS, Corey Whelan, former Liverpool under-23 captain, and now Damian Lowe coming over from Europe, coming in at his position in mid-season in each of Farrell's three seasons in Phoenix. It, it seems that Joey's had to earn his way back into the starting lineup every year. Now, Joey has made his way back into the starting lineup due to Lowe's injury, but with how well Farrell's been playing in recent weeks, I wouldn't be surprised if he were to get the starting nod from Blair Gavin alongside Damon Lowe should the Jamaican be healthy enough for Saturday. So, without further ado, let me bring on Phoenix Rising defender Joey Farrell. Joey, how are you, man? How you doing? Yeah, Jake, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you, man? Doing well, brother. Doing well. How have you been, though? Do you, uh, how was training today? Good. It was good. Yeah, we had a, a good session. It wasn't too long. We've been more like short and sharp this week um, just because all the minutes that we logged mm-hmm. last. How are you feeling after that? Good. I'm um, obviously a little fatigued, but nothing too bad. No, no real aches. I thought we kept the ball pretty well. So I think that helped out. So, I mean, this year we've seen, well, this year has just a giant asterisk on it, but uh, obviously only played uh, 16 games the whole season. For you, I mean, you were like, you didn't start out um, as a starter, and then now you definitely are a starter. How has this season been for you, kind of with everything that happened on top of it? Yeah, well, um, this, as you said, this year is a crazy year, the craziest year I've, I've been a part of my lifetime, and I'm sure that's, that's easily said for a lot of people. Um, with the breaks, with everything going on, with social justice, everything, um, this year has definitely been stressful when it comes to playing. Um, it, it's, it's a good feeling because it, it's a, a chance for our, all of us, all of us players, to kind of express ourselves a little bit. Um, so playing definitely is a good outlet for us. Um, and as you said, I kind of had to work my way into the, the lineup again this year. But honestly, that's not new for me. Um, since coming to Phoenix, uh, we've had competitiveness throughout not only 11 players, uh, but throughout the, the squads year in and year out. Uh, my first year I was competing against Mala and Mike DeFont. They bring in Tristan Blackman at the end of the year as well. Um, last year we had Tristan in and out. We had Lamar Batista. So we've always had good players come, come in and out. Um, we have AJ, we have like Mala. So they, Phoenix always looks to, to kind of, ensure each position with with good competition um so some of our training sessions are some of the more heated um battles that we'll see during the year so so as i as i kind of progressed through this year i had to keep the same mentality i had that year um which was for me i always say it and it's a little little over the top maybe but trust the process um and for me (laughs) i honestly take that to the heart and that's all i i kind of 
go my day in and day out with um, trust in the process, which to me means doing the little things right every day and improving on yourself and, and th those around you will, will kind of do the same. Um, so yeah, crazy year so far, but hopefully we can keep it going a few more weeks. Uh, I think that's everyone's goal. So did you, did you always say trust the process or when the Sixers really made that a thing, did you kind yeah, of when adopt the Sixers it? Rebranded it? I kind of rebranded myself a little bit. Um, I'm a huge Philly sports fan. Obviously I, I bleed green for the Eagles. Uh, I trust the process for the Sixers Phillies. I, um, I have some cool experiences with like Ryan Howard and grown up Jimmy Rollins, all that. Um, so Philly sports for me is definitely, definitely huge, but I think I found a little second home here in Phoenix um the the fans support over here is amazing i love i love our our supporters end is 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 awesome the south end is always always repping always going crazy and that's that's a great thing for us it definitely helped out last week um and hopefully we can get in front of them again once or twice this year so i'm not sure if it's only because the fans haven't been at home games and i can hear you guys on the field mm -hmm. uh Obviously, the nickname Philly speaks for itself. How long have you had that nickname? I mean, I, I feel like it's not a name you're going to have when you're there. Yeah. It's more so when you leave. Yeah. I, um, so I got that one last year. Yeah. The start of last year, they started calling me Philly. Um, I don't know if it was Solo or, or it could have been Kev or Junior, honestly. Um, they started calling me Philly. But, yeah, we, we kind of do that a lot. We got England. Uh, we got Jamaica. <laughs> um, so everyone on our team kind of – always tries to rep where they're from, obviously. Um, home is where the heart is. So everyone, everyone kind of reps that. And I think for me, trust the process. They all, they started hearing me say it. They started seeing me do it in training and um, they, they kind of branded me Philly and I'll take it. Um, hardly home, but always repping as they say. <laughs> so going back to what you said about, you know, kind of continuously having to battle throughout your career, now, this is your third season with Phoenix Rising. Um, you're one of the longest tenured players. And, and as you said, you, I know I've watched you go from not a starter to a starter, back to not a starter, and look where we're back at to a starter. So what challenges and also what constants have there been throughout these three years with Phoenix Rising? Um, challenges? Obviously, you always have to worry about your body. And when I first came in, I was kind of – working on my ankle a little bit. Um, so that was one of my challenges I had the first year. Um, but other than that, I've been pretty healthy body-wise. Um, something that kind of puts me where I'm at is I think my mindset. Um, and that's kind of one of my consistencies. Um, whether I'm starting, whether I'm not in, in, in the 18 at all, I've been, I've been in both places. Um, but if you're ever negative or negativity, have negativity in your, in your mind or your heart, you're not going to be able to realize your, your fullest potential. So for me, even if I'm not an 18, doesn't matter. I would, I would be in training each and every day, trying to prove myself to myself, um, make sure that I work on myself each and every day. And as long as I get better, I'll get my opportunity. When you get your opportunity, that's all you can ask for. Um, so I, I try to be ready whenever they call the number 15. I, I, I'd like to say that I'm ready. Um, and it is a tough task. Uh, always, I mean, especially as a center back, if you're not starting, chances are you probably won't get subbed on. But there have been games where I've been subbed on this year and in years past. So you never know. So it's honestly 
just being ready at all at all call. Um, if your name's called, if your number's called, getting on the field and, and kind of doing your thing. Um, but it, it starts on the training ground. It starts in the mindset as well. So you've been given the captain's armband a few times this season. I'm not sure if you were last year. Um, correct me if you were. But what does that mean to you to, to when Solo comes off the pitch, he hands it to you? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely um, definitely a sense of pride for me. Um, I've had the captain's bands with Rochester. I only had it once or twice. And then in college, I wore it for about two years. Um, but you were correct. This is the first year that I've kind of branded it. To me, it's, it's amazing. Um, some of my captains have been Didier Drogba, Chris Cortez, um, Jason Johnson, Solo Asante. Um, so those are guys that all, every single one of them I look up to. Um, so when, when I put on the, the captain's armband, I, it's, it's, it's moving because it's all those players in front of me. It's the entire club. It's, it's the club entrusting me a little bit to lead the ship and, and to lead the boys on, on the field, um, which, which I try to do on and off the field. I try to, try to be a leader, um, which I think I could attribute that to my father. Um, I actually had the opportunity to play college soccer for him as well. And I grew up a lot in those four years um, and it was an awesome experience and it kind of made me into the man that I am today and still want to be and still want to improve every day. Um, so it's, it is an off the field and on the field kind of deal. Um, you can't really lead if you're not leading in, in one another circumstances. So it's definitely something that I'm full of um, club. I love, I love all my teams past and present. Um, so it's definitely been a pride for me and my family. And that definitely goes along with the, the theme of what uh, Bobby has said about when you know, they recruit players or not just recruiting players, they're recruiting people and, and you know, hearing it from not only you, but you know, the Jordan Schweitzers of the world and, and guys like that. Yeah. Um, it, it, it solidifies that, you know, it's not just talk coming um, you know, from the top that like you guys actually do put what you're saying into action. Now, Talking about your college days at LaSalle, um, when I asked you about your back heel a couple weeks ago, you said you were a forward back in college, which I didn't know. So I went to go see it. Your goal scoring record was actually pretty impressive. Um, can you just talk to bad. me? Yeah, talk to me a little bit about your college days specifically. Um, so I went to LaSalle University. I was an explorer. Um, and I had the great opportunity to play for my dad. Um, when I was about a junior in high school, um, was when I kind of started my recruiting process. And I had been at LaSalle my whole life. Uh, ever since I was a toddler, I have older siblings. I'm the youngest of my siblings. So my dad had babysitting duty. Uh, when the others went to school, he would bring me to LaSalle. So I was at LaSalle's campus since a youngster. Um, I had my, my eldest sister went to LaSalle. My two middle siblings went to Princeton. All three played collegiately. Um, and then I was approaching my recruiting season, probably junior year, and my dad kind of sits me down pretty nonchalant and just like, go find what you want. Um, we would love to have you at LaSalle. I would love to, to coach you and have you, have you play for me, but go find what you want. And he was fully supportive of kind of my vision and where I wanted to be. Um, so I was looking at some schools, but I wasn't really getting recruited to the level that I was hoping for. Um, so... I had options at American and ODU, but I, d I decided to stay home at LaSalle. Um, I went on official visits to two of them. One was LaSalle, one was American, and I had a great time at LaSalle. Um, 
And with that, I then joined the Explorers and I had a little bit to prove playing for your dad. People always are kind of looking at you. Is he going to deserve this? Is he going to earn this? Um, but the same thing, I work hard every day. And I think, I think people notice that no matter how I'm feeling, I'll work hard. You know, you'll know you'll get a genuine effort out of me. And speaking on this, I played my first game in my LaSalle jersey at McCarthy Stadium, and I scored the overtime winner. Um, so I started up top. I drew a penalty kick, and I scored an overtime winner, celebrated in the corner with everybody, and had a great time. And, and since then, everyone at LaSalle kind of knew and kind of gave me that respect. Okay, he isn't just here because his father's the coach. He's here because he's a player. He can play. Um, so that was kind of something that I'm definitely proud about in my collegiate career. Um, I played center back two there. I played a little center mid. I kind of was uh, just straight up the middle, wherever I was kind of needed. I, I played that role. Um, but I also have some moments with uh, some, I played two summers with Red Bull two or, or Red Bull under 23s. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Red Bull under 23s. And similar thing. First year I was kind of starting uh, center back at the beginning of the year and they brought in another guy, um, took my spot. I was on the bench for a while. And at the end of the year, I started to come on up top as a sub and I actually scored the, the winner in the Eastern semifinal, the Eastern final and the national semifinal. And then we lost in the final, we lost four, three. And I came on, they subbed me on up top at halftime. <laughs> So I've had some experience. Um, I like to say that, that I'm best and, and I kind of get my paycheck for what I do in both 18s. In the middle of the field, I'm not John Baccaro. I'm not Santi Moore. Okay. I not, like that a lot, actually. From center back. In, in the two 18s, that's kind of where I make my paycheck. Um, so that's where I always try to get in the box um, on corners and all that. Um, so if you see me venturing in the other team's 18, be wary. <laughs> Well, I was, I was looking at your, your goal metrics, and if it wasn't for, you know, keeper saving them from, you know, two feet away, you would have more goals with Phoenix Rising in, than any other professional team you've played for. Absolutely. Um, you, you, you answered my question about, you know, the pressure of playing for your dad. Um, another part of that, did you feel pressure that you had to play collegiate soccer? Uh, or is this something that you've never... just always loved? Well, for me, yeah, it was never really that sense of pressure um, because I always kind of thought that I could do it. You know what I mean? I always kind of, it was kind of, I was the one being, I'm the youngest sibling by my eldest sister's 11 years, my next sister's nine, and then my brother's seven. So I was a little rug rat running up and down the sidelines of every game. <laughs> at my sister's tournaments, at my brother's tournaments, at LaSalle, I was everywhere. And wherever I was, I had a soccer ball. Um, so it was kind of just the way that I was raised. Um, I kind of didn't really know anything else. Um, my mom's a teacher. My dad's obviously worked at a university. So they, uh, they, they were pushing me to go to college and really wanted me to go to college. Um, and then I see all my siblings go to college and play sports. And I was at their games and seeing how, how much fun they were having. And I was like, hey, I could do this too. Um, so there was no real pressure in that, but being able to do that and then taking it to the next level uh, was was always kind of my dream. I always kind of wanted to play after college as well. Um, and being able to accomplish that is something that I'm, I'm tremendously proud of.
So speaking of that next level, at what point or maybe at what team was it that you were going to be a center back and you weren't necessarily going to get to play up the pitch or as high up the pitch anymore? So and what was that like for you in terms of accepting that? Yeah, so uh, I was able to play for Bob Lilly, and I, um, I, I actually lucked out. The year before I played, they were the championship-winning Rochester Rhinos. Uh, this was 2015. Um, unbelievable team, barely got scored on all this, and they had the defender of the year. Um, he decided that he was actually going to retire, and they only had one center back at that time. So they signed me right out of college. I was still finishing up my senior year, actually. Um, so my first year in Rochester, we only had two center backs. So it was me and Vasilis. Um, so I was, I was playing almost no matter what. Um, so that was a grateful thing for me. Um, it is, it's moments like that that give you like just an opportunity. Because I've known tremendous players that never moved on to the next level just because they hadn't gotten the, the opportunity or the spotlight that they needed. So I, I had that ability to be playing games at a young age, just out of college and getting exposure, listening to Bob Lilly, who's brilliant defensively. So listening to his every word and just trying to, to put my nose down and grind and, and make a career out of it. Um, and it's my first year, I played every single game except the day I went home to graduate. Um, so I went home to LaSalle and I graduated. I missed a trip to Orlando. Um, so that was, that was my rookie year. Did the team win or lose without you? They lost in Orlando. <laughs> of course <laughs> and they then did. I believe they were on the field for about two to three hours after the game in the classic Bob Lilly uh, post-game talk. Sounds about right. <laughs> how, how many of those did you have to uh, endure? Um, quite a few. They're always uh, pretty interesting, though. Um, he's right. He knows, he knows what he's talking about time and year in year out. His team's always in the playoffs, always, always a, typically a top four spot and, and having a home game. So, um, I know this year, I'm sure I was talking to some of the guys, I'm sure that they're, they're upset because they had that division locked up and, um, Hartford took it from them at the end. So I'm sure Bob had one or two of those talks, but he knows what he's doing, and he's, he's right a lot of the time. So you have to be able to, to listen to his message and, and kind of take that and, and grind, grind for sure. But. So speaking of the playoffs, you guys obviously just had a playoff match last week, and you have another one against Reno coming up this weekend. I'm not going to get too much into everything that's happening with Junior and Rick, but I want to get your take on the fact that, you know, you've lost – the golden boot winner you've lost your manager and you've lost your number one assistant coach in Rambo all within the last two months so from a team's perspective as a player what have you guys been doing been saying to each other to stay focused and and to just focus on on playing football yeah well going back to your your first question it was um just how how insane this year has been throughout um and this was probably the biggest curveball of them all, uh, apart from some, <laughs> apart from the the COVID thing, which is which is a handful in itself. But this was a curveball just because we know the character of of Rick and Flemo and everyone in this club, and it was a tough moment for the club and it was a tough moment for everybody. I'll, I'll say that. Um, but growing from it is what we had to do, and kind of we kind of grew together. It seemed like uh, 
the media, social media, every, everyone in, in moments right now are, are kind of looking for negative moments in our team where when we got that circle together, all it is is positivity and focusing on what we can do to promote that, that positivity and bring back that love for Phoenix Rising. Because we know it's still there. It's still there and it's always going to be there. Um, so I think it's definitely brought us together. Um, all this adversity, all this, this uh, almost criticism we're getting and takes a little pressure off and we can kind of just focus on ourselves. Um, so we kind of we made the circle um, a little bit tighter and a little bit more together. And for us, I think the biggest part of it was kind of getting the opportunity to play again against LA Galaxy three nights after. Once we were able to get back on the, on the pitch, um, it was able to kind of relax a lot of us because we were tensed up and even guys who were, who have nothing to do with it felt, felt badly and felt in just had, a, a, it was a negative mood. Um, and f with that, we kind of had to come together and regroup and we did. Um, I think Blair has been doing a great job uh, leading the ship in his moment. Um, and it's been, it's been definitely a tough time. Um, but I think together, as, as the slogan is, as the, the team motto goes, we rise together. Um, so I think that's kind of sparked a fire amongst us. And we're trying to use that um, to potentially win the, win the cup. So. Oh, yeah. Something Blair has definitely been hitting the head on is, you know, you're just guaranteed one more week. Yeah. And, and I know that's your guys' mindset because I, I talked to Santi last week and I tried to break him and I could, you know, he, he was the same way. So I'll, I'll, I'll ask a different question in, in that knowing that Reno is the only team that stands in between you and playing the rest of the season at Casino Arizona Field. I mean, has that creeped into your guys' mind knowing that, not that you're looking ahead, but that there are some serious rewards to winning this game on top of just advancing? Well, right now we're underdogs. Tell us the last time that we've been underdogs going away. How does that feel? How does that feel? It's good, man. It's, it's good. It's a good feeling. It's something that I'm used to. Um, so that gives me a little spark. Uh, I love, I love a good underdog story and being an underdog. So we kind of, we're kind of using that a little bit too. Um, just kind of dealing with all the outside pressure. We're just coming together and, and trying to just have fun, honestly. Um, we have, we've got nothing to lose this rest of the year. We've seen it like we've seen, we've seen the worst of it. Let's, let's say that. So, um, if that can't knock us down, we're going to keep pushing and hopefully we'll just keep, keep, as Blair says, keep getting one more game, one more game. Um, and that's all we can do. So to go back to what you said about your performance against, against LA after the San Diego match. I'm pretty sure I tweeted this cause I can't curse when I'm writing but you guys were playing like you had a fire under your ass. Like you guys were just boom, 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 hitting them. So looking forward to Reno, I asked Zach after Saturday, and he, you could sense the fire and the, and the excitement that he has to get to play Reno again. I mean, is that kind of the whole team's mindset of you get, you get to go play a team that beat you? And, you know, if you go back and look at the goals, a couple inches here, a couple inches there, you might not necessarily lose. So how fired yeah. up are you guys for this rematch? Yeah, we, we love a good rematch. Um, they took three points from us uh, on, the, on the road. Um, and it was a game where I thought it could have gone either way. Um, so it's definitely, they definitely play an interesting style and something that we're going to have to try and, and get used to and try to break down. But I have faith in, in our guys. I, I think that 
throughout we have the, the strongest team uh, in, in the USL. And I think that year in and year out. So I honestly walk on the field and I believe we can win every game. Um, but given that little fuel, that little, that little spark to, to win that extra tackle or score a goal because this team beat us last, last time we played, absolutely. That's, that's always helping. Um, and right now in the playoffs, you kind of just have to find a way to win. Um, it's never going to be pretty. It's never going to be drawn up the way that, that you want, but you just have to find a way to win games. So right now I feel like our, our club, our team is kind of at the point where I think we're, we're willing to go the, the full 120 minutes, like no matter what it takes, no matter what the cost kind of, we've been through, it's, it's a 10 round uh, boxing match right now. We're in round nine and we're looking for that last round. Um, we just got to keep pushing where we're, we get punched. We don't care. We're staying on our feet and we're going to, we're going to, if we're going down, we're going down fighting. Um, so I'm excited for Reno and it should be a, a, a good game. They got a good side. They, they score a lot of goals, but so do we. Um, and I think we're, we're doing a good job right now, keeping them out as well. You actually lead me to my next question, which was you guys, Reno's number one seed. You're the number two seed in the whole league. But you mm-hmm. guys are the highest scoring team at 46, and Reno's number two at 43. Now, this is, the, this is the big factor. The next highest scoring team is in the East, but no, no one even reaches 40. And then mm-hmm. in the West, the next team after Reno is only at 30 goals. So these are the two highest uh, caliber scoring teams we have in the West. As a defender, how is that going to be trying to stop the likes of, you know, Corey Herzog and Foster Langsdorf? Well, I would say that we've gone against good forwards all year. Um, Augie Williams is a great forward for LA Galaxy. He's got, he bagged a bunch of goals this year. Um, Sean Acoli in, in OC. Um, so I would say we're pretty battle tested. Um, we've gone up against good forwards all year long. Uh, and I think that we've, we've kind of grown as a defense and as a team collectively. Um, so we're definitely looking forward to this game, uh, looking forward to the rematch. And hopefully we can, we can come out on top and, and play another one here in Phoenix. So for a defender like yourself, I'd say you're a pretty good hybrid in between height, strength, and speed. What is it like going up against a guy like a Coley, who I didn't realize until I got to see him in person that close? That is a big man. What is it like going against a guy who is just that physically present? I love it. I love the physical game. Um, For me, I consider myself better in the air than I am on, on the ground. So I love the physical game, and that's kind of what, what brings, brings it out of me. Um, going up against a big man like that, I, I, I'm holding my own. No one's going to push me over. So um, it's definitely, definitely a, for me, a motivator. I, I don't mind playing against any forward, though, um, honestly. I, I, as a defender, I take on the, te- the, the better the forward, I would take him on and try and, try and raise my game to his level. Um, whatever it takes to, to keep the ball out of my net, I'm going to do it. Um, but for me, yeah, I've gone up against tons of forwards, but I trained against Didier Drogba for a year. So, <laughs> yeah, you've, uh, you've definitely had one of the world's best in terms of that <laughs> height and that strength category. Yeah. Um, this next question I'm about to ask, if you don't want to answer it, let me know. Has it, have you guys kept in contact with Rick and junior as media? We can't, but just like, how are they doing? Um, they're, 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 it's a tough question. Um, I, I think I'll put it this way. Is ha- if half of what I've heard is true, I am, I, yeah. I don't, I don't have any words, yeah. honestly, if, if half of what I've heard is true. 
it's definitely been a tough moment for, for the entire club. Um, they were both tremendous leaders for us this year, Rick and Junior. I thought Junior grew tremendously this year. Um, That's something Rick talked about at length's end all the time is his maturity this year. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was definitely a tough moment for, for everyone involved. Uh, I think what I can say on this is that your words on social media also hurt. Um, there's someone on the end of what you say on social media. So um, it's, it's a tough moment for, for everyone involved. Um, and I think, I know they're, they're, they're both strong men and they'll be able to recover from this and, and they'll do what, what they have to to recover from it. Um, and I know I'm, I'm glad to be a player of Phoenix Rising. They, they, the club supports them and is willing to help them um, grow and, and, and give them education and, and kind of support them at their lowest moments, they say, um, which is a good thing. As another player here, um, I would hate for someone to air out my dirty laundry. Um, so I'm glad to see the club um, supporting players at a dark moment coaches at a dark moment um, because it shows the sincerity of the club so um, tough moments but we move we move forward and um, we grow with it so thanks for for you know answering what you can I know it's a it's just a, a tricky situation just because yeah you know I mean I saw I saw last last night or a couple of days ago junior just you know kind of turned his his social back on um, so I'm hoping that's a good sign that Maybe that stuff has stopped because, like you said, with the someone on the other end of uh, social media and what they say. Um, but yeah, like I said, if if even half of what I've heard is true, then this this situation is 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 just terrible, honestly, all around. Um, but that being said, Joey, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for your time. And what day are you guys leaving, by the way? Friday? Uh, yeah, I believe we leave Friday morning. Okay, so you guys are actually leaving after I will get there. I leave uh, tomorrow afternoon. I have family there as well, so I'm going to hang out with them as well, and then I'll, I'll come see you guys on Saturday, and um, good luck. Awesome. And hopefully, hopefully um, I'll get to talk to you after, uh, after a win. Yeah, that would be great. All right, thank you very much, Joey. Appreciate you, Jake. All right, cool. Thanks, man. See you. Yeah, bye. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Uprising Podcast. Phoenix Rising's next match is Saturday at Greater Nevada Field against Group A winner and number one overall seed, Reno 1868 FC, in the Western Conference semifinal. Kickoff is set for 6 p.m., and you can catch all the action on ESPN 620 AM or via audio stream on ArizonaSports.com and the Arizona Sports app. Should Phoenix advance to the Western Conference final, Rising will play the winner of El Paso Locomotive and New Mexico United both of whom Rising beat at home this season. Advancing would also guarantee the remainder of the club's postseason matches will be hosted at Casino Arizona Field, including the USL Championship Final. For all things Phoenix Rising, be sure to head over to ArizonaSports.com, download the new Arizona Sports app, and you can also follow me on Twitter at JWA1994. Until next time, ci vediamo, a dopo, ciao.